As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to No Bunts, the podcast for the casual baseball fan here on the Athletic Baseball Show. I'm Tass Mellis. With me in studio, it's super producer JD. Hello. What's up, JD? And my co-host all season long, he's coming to us from Taiwan. It's Joel McMillan. Joel, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Tass, you're looking good. Thank you. I purchased a jersey trying to keep somewhat cool somewhat current joel and uh, this is a, a beauty jersey a designer named lucas in uh in toronto making these baby blues happen i've always wanted a jay's baby blue jersey took me 40 years but here we are joel uh thank you <laughs> welcome, thank you for welcome. the compliment uh, and thank you for joining us on the athletic baseball show feed wherever you are listening or if you're watching on youtube you can find us weekly on wednesdays whether on youtube the athletic baseball show feed or wherever you get your pods. And we're doing something a little different today, Joel. Excited about it. We're staying away from what's going on on the field. Although I did want to mention, just because I'm uh, I'm a bit of a jerk, we nearly, nearly disproved your prediction that there was going to be zero no-hitters this season. Spencer Strider here in Atlanta almost did it. That guy is on fire. It was close, but no cigar. Zero no-hitters mm-hmm. still. We're close. And Tass, I just I just want to quickly add, um, I think I might have set an internet record for the quickest cold take uh, when I said, yeah, I think I'm going to buy on Oakland staying in Oakland. And literally less than <laughs> 24 hours later, I sent you the text and I'm like, oh, looks like Oakland's out. So, yeah, that was a bad take. I was surprised it kind of I, I want to say came out of nowhere, but uh, didn't, I guess, in the end. But yeah, bad, bad take. Well, it's interesting because it feels like they're moving to Las Vegas. It feels like it's happening, but it's not 100% locked in. And uh, I listened to the roundtable on the Athletic Baseball Show yesterday, and they're far more well-versed uh, in this whole situation. And Tim Kawakami, who writes for The Athletic, far more well-versed than, uh, than all of us who's covered mm-hmm. sports in the Bay for a long time. It's there, but it's not quite locked in. It's not a hundred percent there because there has been there have been rumors in the past, and there will continue to be uh, rumors circulating around this whole thing until it's actually fait accompli. Mm-hmm. 
just wanted to say that as well. It's just really fun to say that. But it's nice. not locked in, Joel. Your 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 cold take prediction it might it might be re- reversed uh, pretty soon. So we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah, we'll talk about it. I was thinking about actually doing a, a background of the Oakland A's franchise. Maybe we can do that coming up soon. Anyway, let's talk about that off air. I love talking mm-hmm. about stuff that we should be talking about off air, on air. Anyway, um, <laughs> today. We are going to review a doc I've wanted to watch since it came out in 2022. It's called Facing Nolan. The 2022 documentary examines the life, family, and ups and downs of the Baseball Hall of Fame pitcher. It's written and directed by Bradley Jackson, produced by Russell Wayne Groves. Joel, I know you were excited to watch it too. We also got JD to watch it because he is the uh, the film buff of Mm. the group. We'll start with you, Joel. We'll start sort of from the... You know, the baseball angle, that that side of mm-hmm. things. What was your favorite part about the doc overall? Uh, the part I enjoyed the most, Tass, was when they were talking about when Nolan Ryan would come inside on hitters uh, kind of mm. to intimidate him. Uh, that's kind of how they pitched back in the day to, to kind of, uh, you know, put a bit of fear, but also get players to, you know, back up a bit. You don't see that as much in today's game, so it was interesting listening him to to talk about it. And you know, the narrator said, you know, was asking him a couple questions. He's like, "Well, I threw inside." You know, that was just part of the game. And that big Texas draw, and he gave that just that beautiful grin, like no regrets at all. I absolutely love that. And then you know, the part where uh, President Bush was on, and he said, "You know, George, sometimes you just got to take the game in your own hands." After you know, President Bush had asked him if he'd hit a player on purpose. So I really, really like that part because, you know, kind of, I feel like in today's environment, maybe some guys would say, yeah, that's how I pitched. And, you know, maybe they might have a bit of regret, but nope, not Nolan Ryan. He's like, that's how I pitched. No regrets. I love that part the most. Yeah, there was no beating around the bush with Nolan Ryan. He was straight to the point with that Texas drawl, as you said, and he was short, mm-hmm. but sweet. Although he was the main character of this documentary felt like he had the shortest sentences maybe the f- fewest words spoken of us <laughs> a couple of the main characters because uh, he is yeah, short and sweet um mm-hmm. so it was uh it, yeah that was refreshing there's no doubt uh, he is a, a character but to the point um to me just to throw in my favorite part i think it was everything bo jackson uh, because there was a few things. I forgot that Bo Jackson took him deep for a bomb, yeah. uh, way deep center. I mean, that was, I don't know, 420, I'm guessing. It was uh, yeah. a big one. He did take him deep once. But no one really remembers that because they remember Bo Jackson hitting a ball back to the mound that hit Nolan Ryan in the lip and split his lip. And yeah. uh, I love George Brett, who's one of the many, many, many players and Hall of Famers interviewed in this doc saying that story gets exaggerated over the years and it has been exaggerated. Like it's come to the point where it was like a rocket off Bo Jackson's bat that hit Nolan Ryan Mm -hmm. in the face, but really it was a a standard routine ground ball that hit off Nolan Ryan's glove and hit him in the lip and then split his lip and he was bleeding all over his Rangers Jersey. And I was watching it with Danielle, my wife, and she said they have no backup jersey because he kept <laughs> oh. pitching. He kept pitching. It wasn't – he was bleeding a lot um, on the front of his jersey. Like if it was, if I was wearing that jersey, the Toronto 
would be soaked in blood. It was on his mm-hmm. sleeves. It was everywhere. But he finished the job yeah. because that's who Nolan yeah. Ryan was. And, yeah. uh, and, and that was a blast. And also, just back to Bo Jackson, we all know the story. We'll get to the, the Robin Ventura charging the mound yeah. and Nolan Ryan putting him in the, the headlock. Apparently, Nolan Ryan said that Bo Jackson's big arm <laughs> was the one that yeah. pulled him <laughs> yeah. from, from the ground. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I had no idea. That was uh, that was a pretty cool part of the story. Uh, do, uh, do you want to get to that Robin Ventura part? Because, J.D., I, I don't know if you want to get to it at all because I heard you say yeah, and I thought you might be excited <laughs> about about the old man putting him in the headlock. Uh, I just enjoy uh, seeing, uh, what, uh, 18 men on the field. It looked like a rugby game, you know, the bench-clearing brawl. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was just kind of cool that it was Bo Jackson that that hauled him out of that mess. I mean, how could he tell who was pulling him up? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it was such a an orgy of bodies. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I love that part. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know that might be uh, might be fabricated, but who knows? You never uh, know. Yeah. And also, when Ru- his wife Ruth uh, Nolan Ryan's Ruth Ruth Ryan, great name. Uh, She's saying like he could stick his tongue through the slit where he was the ball had split his lip. Yes, mm, not buying really? that. Really, I yeah. don't think no. so. Yeah. No. <laughs> See, every everything gets uh, yeah gets exaggerated. There's no there's no way it was a routine grounder. I guess it, I think it's possible that his mouth was split his yeah. lip was split but anyway uh ruth was a fantastic character totally. um she she definitely held it all together and held that family together as we'll uh, we'll get to talking about uh one thing you learned about nolan ryan from this doc joel yeah tess I'm, I'm glad you asked this question because i really gave this some serious thought and you know the thing i learned about nolan ryan is it is very very difficult to grade his career he had a very very unique career. I don't feel any of his peers had something even remotely similar to what he did. I mean, he won a world series almost right away at the beginning of his career with the Mets. Uh, He was a relief pitcher. He wasn't that good. So he is a world champion. Uh, Didn't really do well in New York. And then, you know, went to California, figured things out and had this, obviously this wildly successful career. He's got 51 records. A lot of them are great. Some of them not so great. He's, he's an iconic pitcher and he's an iconic player, but Tass, he like, after he left New York, he didn't really sniff the playoffs at all anymore. I mean, he pitched, you know, over 25 seasons. He only pitched, he only had nine postseason appearances. And one of those was uh, when he played for the Mets, when he was a, a very young player, uh, he didn't really, I, I think that, you have to take that into consideration. I know baseball is a team sport and, you know, this gets brought up a lot, but I think his lack of, of postseason success and pitching in big games uh, also needs to be factored in. But I mean, he's got, he had such an amazing career, but I just don't think like, he's not the greatest pitcher of all time, uh, but it's hard to really gauge like the, the overall success of his career. That, that was my big takeaway, like, when I watched all of it. I was like, I still don't really know how to grade his career. Yeah, it was fun getting into this, Doc, because Nolan Ryan, I, I can speak, I think, for all of us, his big moments 
uh, his, his greatest pitching days were the 80s. So that's when a lot of us were starting to, to really fall in love with the game. Mm-hmm. So we didn't necessarily know his history, his career. I mean, obviously he pitched um, until he was a, a ridiculously old man, <laughs> 27 seasons in Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. which is a record. I got a no-hitter against the, the, the team's jersey that I'm wearing yeah, way deep um, in 1991. He's phenomenal, you know, most no-hitters in history. But you're, you're right about the, the postseason and that he won with the Mets as a reliever, which is something I had totally forgotten, uh, that he started as a reliever. He did have some postseason games uh, and a tiny bit of success uh but he didn't yeah. get to the world series again if I, if i'm not mistaken here but yeah with houston uh I, one thing i did like about the film is that when he was with the astros and the lcs were five games back then he was in a game five and it was against the phillies and they did show that he failed at the end of that game five yeah. and he wasn't able to uh to get uh, to the World Series, so you're right. I mean, there's there was just so much uh, that I learned uh, about Nolan Ryan's career because it was just slightly before our fandom, and mm-hmm. this was created by the Nolan Ryan family. This was was produced by the Nolan Ryan family, so it was uh, definitely painted in a, in a great light for him. But it, it is such an interesting career when put up against some of the other greats, yeah. Uh, because one of the questions that they asked all the greats. How many Cy Youngs do you think Nolan Ryan won? <laughs> and a lot of them say two, three, five. Um, the only guy who knows that he won zero is a guy who caught him late in his career. Craig Biggio uh, says zero. Um, uh, so that was yeah one thing that yeah I, I totally didn't think was a, a possibility. I mean they just to, to yeah we'll get well let's get to the Cy Young thing a little bit later. But I I, I learned the reliever. Part I mean, totally forgot. He you know, he won in '69. Um, yeah. he, he played from '69 till '93, 27 seasons. Again, a record. I also learned that he really, really, really loves cattle. He loves ranching. Uh, <laughs> he didn't enjoy his stay in New York all that much. And uh, Ruth made the also pointed that. I mean, he Nolan didn't talk about his his stay in New York all that much. But Ruth said, you know, we didn't really like the big city life. It was great to get back mm-hmm. to Texas, get back to the cattle and to ranching. Uh, and just one random thing um, before we move on. We talked about Robin Ventura going out uh, to the pitcher's mound. And and that was, I didn't realize, in retribution for something between the White Sox and the Rangers in a previous game. And the guy, if Nolan Ryan was going to hit somebody, the guy on the White Sox who got hit had to go out to the mound. That's basically the agreement that they made uh, in the in the clubhouse beforehand, so uh, Robin Ventura kind of went out half heartedly, and a lot of the guys say that in yeah. the dock, like he didn't go out to really hit Nolan, and so Nolan was at the advantage when, when oh for sure when Ventura was you know air quotes charging <laughs> at him. It wasn't much of a charge. I mean, I'm sure he's put some cattle in in uh, a headlock before, and then he threw Robin <laughs> in that pretty easily. But what I like about Nolan Ryan is you know he's confident, he's tough, but He's also humble. Uh, he confirmed something to me that I always felt that when you are in a pile like that that we talked about, when you're in a pile up like that, it's got to be one of the scariest moments. And he said, he said, as, as this guy tough as nails. He said, being at the bottom of that pile was one of the scariest moments of my life. I thought I was going to pass out. 
Mm-hmm. So that's I just like that that confirmed <laughs> that confirmed something for me that that yeah. it, that ain't fun. He ended up being uh, on top of the or in the bottom of that, and Bo had to pull him out. So that's uh yeah one of the many 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 things you learn in this doc. Again, he played for twenty seven years, so there's lots to learn. And yeah, one of yeah. those things is that he didn't win a Cy Young. So can you put your finger on why he didn't win a Cy Young? Because I know that's a bit of a loaded question, Joel, because really, if you're going to do it right, you got to go season by season by season. And when you look back and you see that he's got these strikeout record and you see that he's got the no-hitter record and a bunch of other records, it's easy just to say, oh, I should have won one. Um, but is there mm-hmm. is there a reason that he didn't win one? Yeah, Tess, I believe there's two reasons and we just kind of went over one of them. So I'm not really going to dwell on it too much, but I think his lack of of postseason success or playing on teams that got into the postseason may hurt him. That's just subjective. I mean, that's just how I feel. But Tess, the other point too is, is wins and losses. Um, when we evaluate um, a pitcher's performance now there's not there's there's considerably less weight given to wins and losses in terms of uh, awarding a Cy Young to a player. I believe in 2010, uh, uh, the King. Um, I'm totally I'm I'm drawing a blank here, but uh, Felix Hernandez mm. from Seattle. He won the Cy Young, and he was the first pitcher to win a Cy Young with a sub 500 record. So, but in Nolan's era, like wins and losses meant a great deal. And he, I mean, he won a lot of games, but he also lost a considerable amount of games too. And I just really think Tess, like in the end, like that's what hurt him. Uh, And I was, I was actually reading an interesting article about this too. And they kind of went through the numbers, like a general overview. He was never really the best pitcher in one season. They talked about it briefly in the documentary, uh, his best season when he did get Cy Young votes, he lost to Jim Palmer, I believe, in 1979. And he had a great season. He had over 300 strikeouts. Uh, he had 21 wins. He had an ERA of 2.87, which is excellent. Tass, if he if a player did that today, they would unanimous, unanimously win the Cy Young. It wouldn't even be close. But like I said, because of his era and how wins and losses were evaluated – I think that's what really hurt him. He was just consistently good year in and year out for a good 15 years, but just never really the the best, unfortunately. It is bad luck, I feel, in a lot of ways. But, yeah, I, th- I feel, yeah, wins and losses really hurt him in the end. Second in Cy Young voting once, that, that Palmer year you just mentioned, third twice, fourth once, and then fifth twice. Uh, so he was extremely close. In 1973, um, he pitched his first two no-hitters. That uh, second no-hitter, just a a quick story that they they told during the doc, which was great. It was a 17K no-hitter. Monstrous, monstrous number. And the final hitter he had to retire was Norm Cash. And and there's footage. He comes out with a table leg that he gl- grabbed uh, from the locker room. And, awesome. and you could see the umpire just keel over laughing and <laughs> because uh, Norm Cash said, I mean, I basically have as good a shot with this than I do a baseball bat. And so he uh, he quickly tossed it aside and got a bat, and uh, I'm pretty sure he was Cade. Anyways, he was out because he got out because it was the second no-hitter uh, of his season, and, and that's the season that the doc kind of skims over uh, in terms of, 
why he didn't win, but that was the season that they painted as the season that he should have won. It was to Jim Palmer, and if you line up their numbers, which is what you have to do when you when you debate whether a guy won a Cy Young, it's not just hey, should he have won throughout his career? I mean, sure, he was an incredible pitcher, but was he better than Palmer? Palmer, the wins and losses, as you said, they matter. Twenty two and nine versus twenty one and sixteen for Nolan Ryan, and Palmer's ERA two point four versus two point eight seven for Ryan, so nearly a half run. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously the strikeouts in Ryan's favor by a monstrous mm-hmm. number. The power pitcher oh, yeah. uh, w- was powerful. 383, that was his uh, career. His it, it was his career high, the all-time single season record, which still stands to this day, while Jim Palmer only had 158. So wow. it, it is interesting. Yeah. It is interesting to, yeah, to try and wrap your head around what Nolan Ryan was he was this this enigma he has the most career strikeouts in 5714 nearly a thousand more than a second place randy johnson he also has the most no hitters with seven three more than sandy koufax who has four in second place those are considered joel the most unbreakable of all of his records which do you think is more unbreakable all-time strikeouts or his no hitters record well, Taz, I just want to say from the outset, neither of neither of those records are going to be broken. They're they're not even going to be touched. But I'll I'll play along. Um, <laughs> I would say, like I was just looking at the. I, I was I thought who playing today even remotely has a chance? It would be Verlander and Scherzer. Uh, but Verlander's got three no hitters. I believe Scherzer's got two. Uh, Scherzer's got thirty two hundred strikeouts. Uh, Verlander's got pretty much yeah. almost the same. No one's touching the uh, strikeouts. No one's coming close. Yeah, to no one's touching the strikeouts. So I think it's the no hitter, just because I feel like you could luck into that. Like there's a chance you you could luck into seven no hitters, but I, I don't even think that's possible. But it you just like fifty, like over five thousand strikeouts. It's and test also the way the game is played too, like with pitch counts and you know, load management and things like that, you're just not going to come close at all. And I don't think we're ever going to see another pitcher pitch into his mid forties. I just don't, I think that time has come and gone. So if I have to choose one, I'm going to choose the no hitter, but I don't, I think both records are safe. Neither one are going to be even remotely touched. Yeah. Just to reiterate 27 seasons for Nolan Ryan started and started in, in 66 uh, he had a, a year off, uh, and then he pitched till 1993. Started as a reliever with the Mets, uh, went to the California Angels, uh, went to Houston, and went to Texas, uh, where he wrapped up uh, his career in the early 90s. The records are ridiculous. Uh, some 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 funny records that he holds because yeah, some are good and some are bad. He's got the most no hitters, the most one hitters, the most two hitters, the most three hitters. The most career 300 strikeout seasons. The most career 200 strikeout seasons. This is a great one. The lowest career batting average against, which, mm-hmm. which I was a little surprised by, Joel. I didn't think it would be this low. It's 203, a, a, yes. a ridiculous wow. uh, low average. Yeah. Um, and then some bad ones. The most stolen bases allowed. The most grand slams allowed at 10. The most wild pitches thrown at 277. <laughs> the most walks by nearly a thousand 
again, longevity and because of the way he pitched, uh, because he was sure. he was a power pitcher. Uh, although he got some calls in this doc, let me tell you, you, you there's some some bad umpiring. I'll, they needed they <laughs> oh, needed yeah. they need some robots back then. Did you notice that as well? Yeah, I was watching specifically Tess. I'm glad you pointed that out. There was the Ricky Henderson uh, at bat. And there were tasks. There were at least two or three pitches they showed in the documentary where, where it was a good like foot off the plate. And Ricky Henderson is one of the best hitters of all time. Also a Hall of Fame player. That guy's got a phenomenal eye. And you, you could see his reaction to some of those calls from the ump. Yeah. Yeah. But he definitely got some calls for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. And he probably got him against our, our Jays when he was the oldest to ever throw a no hitter at 44 years of age. It's ridiculous. Oldest to ever lead the league in strikeouts at 43 and most seasons ever played at 27, plus many, many others. Um, but just getting back to the doc, what was something you didn't like, Joel? Uh, overall, I really liked it. I think this was a good pick. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I The the one thing I didn't really like, the narration and the, the kind of the reenactments, um, they used a style similar to, like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dark Side of the Ring. It's, uh, it's a show that Vice produces on kind of tragic wrestling stories, but I feel they kind of pioneered this uh, style where it's kind of like out of focus reenactment, so you can't really like see their face a lot. It worked really, really well. Uh, on the Vice series, but they kind of tried doing that here, uh, and I didn't. I didn't really care for that too much. I don't really think it fit with the whole feel uh, of the documentary. And the other thing that I wish they had spent more time on is was him turning his career around in California. I feel they kind of glossed over that um, because he wasn't a great pitcher in New York, and then he did turn it around in California. I, I feel they should have spent. Uh, a bit more time on that and maybe less time on some of the other stuff that, that they went into. Uh, Cause to me, like that's, I feel like that's an interesting part of his story and his, and his narrative, a guy who was not good figuring it out. Like, how did he do it? You know? And I, like, as a baseball fan, I'm always curious to know like how guys do that. So I wish they had to uh, spend a bit more time on that, but overall I thought it was a uh, very well done. Yeah. I think you can point to a lot of things where you, you as uh, as a viewer and what your tastes are could say i wish they spent a little bit more time on that because it's a guy who has spent 27 years in the league and there's only an hour 40 that they filled <laughs> which i know it sounds it sounds you know like somewhat of a a lengthy doc but again everything was sort of to the point and quick and you can yeah you can point to a lot of things that they kind of you know went quickly over um but they also had yeah a, a bunch to get to i did want to know about how much he and ruth hated new york a little bit more mm. i wanted i wanted <laughs> to get into it. yeah he was in his early 20s just wasn't wasn't driving and and uh wasn't driving with with the city of new york and they got out of there and they went to california yeah and that was it's so alien to me because i love new york mm-hmm. i'm not from new york but just that's just a different mindset, I guess. I mean, they did a good job of juxtaposing like his family life on his ranch, present day, you know. And he's just he's not into it, and Ruth's not into it, and I get it. And to your point of the uh, the the reenactments, Joel, if you're gonna do a reenactment, like 
you don't need to see a modern day new era logo on the the angel's hat. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, that took me out of it. Like it, it's supposed For to be sure. what the seventies. Uh, I don't think that was even a company back then. So that was a little yeah. bit of uh, lazy uh, costume design there. IMO more like old era. <laughs> exactly. In the 70s. Uh, yeah. I, I hear what you're, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. They, a lot of the reenactments happened during the early part of his career because I guess they didn't have footage and they and yeah. they wanted to tell the story. Uh, and, and you have to put up pictures. You have to put up something while these yes. stories are being told. So I I don't I didn't hate the reenactments, but I mean you could. It's not hard to get an actual cap or you know make one. You know. Yeah. But yeah, and there were somewhat somewhat similar. I thought like they went back to very similar shots a couple times. Oh, they reuse actual footage multiple times. Yeah. I think I saw Kelly Gruber take a dive like four times in this doc. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. They showed Kelly Gruber swinging and missing uh, multiple times yeah. too. I know exactly what you're talking Maybe about. Maybe they only yeah. had rights for certain games. Mm. Is that possible? Come on. MLB. Well, the game, the game that he, they talked about this in the, documentary the game where he threw the no hitter against the jays that game wasn't televised right. it was on the radio and they said like people were showing up like the the stadium was actually filling up in the later innings because he was close to doing it so i don't even think that game was televised yeah was it televised it was televised in canada though yes yeah. it was because they talked about ctv there was a there, there was like, that was CTV, the call your, yeah your no hitter network yeah but it wasn't <laughs> televised locally uh, in 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 Dallas, I believe it was incredible how dark it was as well. Like the <laughs> the arena or the stadium, I guess. Uh, it just looked so gloomy and dark. <laughs> yeah, it, <did. laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, there was. Uh, yeah, that that's that particular no hitter against the Jays. Yeah, apparently not not on television. And as they said, well, the stadium kept filling up because the word was spreading. Um, and this is. This is a 91, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken here. And, yeah, you get the CTV call, the Canadian television station. <laughs> is that Buck? No, this was, it, was, uh, it wasn't Buck. It was, I'm pretty sure it was the late Don Chevrier mm. uh, who said, stay with us right here on CTV, Canada's no-hit network. <laughs> well, That's right, yeah. An inadvertent burn. Yeah, well, he knew, he knew, he knew people were somehow, I mean, getting, I don't know, satellite feeds i guess like more people were tuning in yeah or more people were tuning in in canada so he you know played to that that that's why they were tuning in they were tuning in to see nolan ryan potentially uh pitch a no hitter yeah but there's also you're also saying we we don't got any hits here on ctv (laughs) oh yeah this is a good point this is a good point was that true do you think (laughs) you want to go back to their 1990 catalog yeah, let's uh, let me let me do a quick deep dive. You guys continue <laughs> no, to find out what the most popular sorry. show on CTV I'm was. I'm sorry, I did that. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I, I, in general, in general, I also liked it. Yeah, you can point to a few different things. Again, I would have liked to hear what Ruth hated about New York. Uh, Ruth played a key role in this story, very much so. Apparently, Nolan during those Mets days that you talked about, you wanted to hear more of. Uh, how he got his mojo back, how he got better. Ruth basically talked him back into playing baseball. Uh, that, uh, uh, you know, according to to the fam, that he was almost done. I mean, he was almost ready to hang it up early in his career. We're talking the early '70s uh, when things weren't going well with New York, and he was happy to to be moved to 
to California. He wanted to be traded to the Dodgers when he heard it was the Angels. He wasn't super excited, but he was happy to move on. And so that would have been uh, a cool to to hear more about. I totally uh, agree with you. And, you know, I like selfishly, there were some incredible names in this doc that, that were interviewed. Winfield, George Brett, Randy Johnson, Rod Carew, Biggio, Clemens, Cal Ripken, Jose Cruz Sr. That was nice. A lot from Pudge Rodriguez, uh, who caught him with Texas. That was really, really cool. I would want more of those guys. Um, and we got plenty of yeah. Pete, plenty of Pete Rose. Uh, but anyway, there's uh, yeah, See, there's there's lots to. If you want to pick some nits, uh, you can you can you can pick some. But yeah, there was a lot to get to for sure. So we got a lot to get to on this show. So let's move on. A couple more questions before we get to more of the production and uh, a year out segment that we need to get to. General question, Joel: What's the one thing you think of when you hear Nolan Ryan's name? Durability. Uh, it, it starts and ends with durability. He threw over three. Uh, he he. Sorry, he threw over three hundred innings twice in his career, and another time he threw two hundred and ninety nine innings. Um, he threw over two hundred innings fourteen times. That you would just never see that today. I mean, the the odd guy will you know pitch over two hundred innings, but even that is just a huge accomplishment. And from nineteen. 19- 71 to 1992 test he started like he didn't start any fewer than 21 games so for a guy that throws mostly gas like that's unreal because when you look at the game today you know guys can throw super hard but they blow their arm out they're getting tommy john surgery it's almost like a rite of passage now for some of these players and some guys even get a two times even three times although by that time you're probably cooked anyway um and he just pitched until his arm blew out, which in a way was tragic, but I feel almost poetic for a guy like him because, you know, they, uh, Bobby Valentine was interviewed and he said, one of the, you know, one of the things I hated most was having to go to the mound and take him out of the game because he just never wanted to come out. And, uh, you know, in the end, he basically, he literally pitched until his body physically gave out and it was tragic. But like I said, it was almost fitting a fitting way to his career. And I thought it was a really nice touch uh, with the Mariners fans, like giving him a standing ovation. Cause I think they kind of knew right away, like what had happened. He came out early in the game and had signaled for the trainer. So the first, yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind is, is durability for, for Nolan Ryan. Absolutely. Yeah. It's in a similar way. Um, toughness for sure for me. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. if, uh, as far as being on the field, the no hitters, uh, he's the guy, especially doing it in his 40s, and especially doing it uh, against the Jays. Seeing Roberto Alomar being struck out to end the game is that's that's burned into my mind. I think I've seen that. I don't know a thousand times. It just feels like it. Ever whenever you see a Nolan Ryan package, you see you see that mm-hmm. one uh, where he did it as a 44 year old. He did it as yeah. a 44 year old pitcher, Joel. And- and Tess, I just want to jump into like 91. That was kind of that era when the Jays were good. I mean, they, they went to the playoffs, good. I think from damn like 89. Good, Joel. Yeah, they were really good. It's not like he beats, um, you know, pushover team. I mean, the Jays were a legit loaded team in 91. So yeah, I mean, you, you know, it just goes to show you how good he was. Yeah. And part of uh, also this doc was seeing they, they, they definitely keyed on him striking out 
great players. Um, and for his 5,000th K facing the A's, this, this was a great part of the doc, just going back. He struck out Canseco, then Dave Henderson, who threw his bat, I mean, slipped out of his hands as he tried to uh, to hit the pitch that struck him out. Tony Phillips, Ricky Henderson, as you mentioned, that was 4,998. Ron Hassey, the left-handed catcher, I do believe, uh, maybe got a call there for 4,999. And then Ricky Henderson, again, for K number 5,000. So, yes, great names. And uh, Robbie Alomar to get that one against the Jays, to get his no-hitter against the Jays, his, his final one there as a 44-year-old. And the toughness... It kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the no-hitters because uh, he had back problems before going out to throw that no-hitter. Now, is yeah. that is that lore? I, I, I question everything now. So, uh, I don't know. I'm buying that one because apparently Bobby Valentine, as you said, great character uh, in this doc, um, he said that he, Nolan Ryan had back injuries. He, he thought, Nolan Ryan did, this is 91, that that might be his last start because he felt so bad he told Bobby Valentine to have somebody warming up and to confirm that this was real that his back was injured and then he threw a no hitter Bobby Valentine did have somebody warming up in the first inning yeah. uh, in the first inning apparently uh, th- so he went and had a <laughs> had that no hitter and uh, yeah it was it was great uh, great story stands being filled it's not on television you got to come watch it live you get the the Canadian um, uh, TV production who were great as you said. <laughs> we had Buck, we had Schulman. We had a great team uh back then, you know, going going back to Fergie Oliver uh and, and Tom Cheek. But we also had great broadcasters. We had incredible broadcasters. That's part of why Jerry Howarth, why I was so into the game, I think back then too. I'm sure all of us too. They 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 brought the pictures to life and I'm sure they did that for an American audience back then. Anyway, enough about that. Uh last question before we get to a, a quick break and more on the production. What will you take away from this, Joel? What will you take away from this doc overall? Uh, Well, Taz, I just have a greater appreciation for Nolan Ryan. Like you said earlier, you know, when we got into baseball, like, you know, we were just like little kids and, you know, it was all very new to us. So, I mean, I knew Nolan Ryan was a a good pitcher, but I didn't, you know, I didn't really have an understanding of, of how good he was. So, you know, when they went through his whole career, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, wow, I didn't I didn't know he had some of these records and I didn't know he had done some of these things. So I have a much greater appreciation for him. I really don't think we're going to see another picture of his unique abilities and also his character. Uh, I think he was an ultra competitor. That's not to say guys today aren't, but, you know, like he pitched inside. He didn't really have any regrets about the way he pitched. Now, I I think the reason, you know, pitchers don't do that today is because there's rules in place and things like that where, you know, pitchers can't necessarily pitch like that. Um, But Tass also, I feel like his career was almost like a Hollywood movie in a way. This young kid from Texas who got drafted late, went to the big city like you and, you, you know, you and JD were talking earlier, this fish out of water in New York and didn't like it. And then, you know, goes and turns his career around and was the first player to make a million dollars. I don't think we, I didn't know that. I had no idea that Nolan Ryan was the first player to make a million dollars and goes on to have all this success at home in the great state of Texas. And then, like I said, in the end, you know, a couple minutes ago, the way his career ended tragic, but just beautiful. I feel like it's, 
I was almost watching a movie. Like I know he's like, he's a real, he's a real picture of course, but it just seemed like a movie. It doesn't seem real in, in some ways. Am I wrong in thinking that? No, nah, no, nah, yeah, totally. Um, not, he has so many records and to prove that is he's pretty unique. Uh, so yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, the big city moving to uh, back back to Texas and, and continuing his career for 27 years. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot to take from this, uh, and yeah, that's why I was excited to watch it. I, I didn't know much about it, and yeah, as much as I, I poke fun that some of it's you know glamorized or whatever, it wasn't really. Um, in the end, this is Nolan Ryan. You can't glamorize it too much. I, I don't think uh, they, he just he got a lot done in those 27 years. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good point um, about just appreciating him. And I think the one thing that I'll take away from this film is that whenever I reference an old athlete, I'm going to use Nolan Ryan as my reference now. I used to use Julio Franco as a as a baseball reference, as a guy who played really late, and that's true. But Nolan Ryan pitched until he was 46 and had a no-hitter, as we said, in 91 and that's the guy that you should be referencing. It shouldn't it could be Aramir Jagger, sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, as as far as a baseball player, it's this guy. So and uh, and basketball, Vince. Yeah, that's it, that one's. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit more up in the air because they all are like in the forty-two range. There's some. There's many. There's Robert Parrish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think I think Vince is. Has taken the throne, yeah. Has taken it. Um, all-time seasons record holder. All-time seasons played record holder at, at 22. So, yeah. Uh, LeBron could be the one that takes it from him, though, yeah. at, at some point. So, yeah. Fun stuff. We'll see, though. Because that's the thing. Like, you get... You, unfortunately, with this movie, you, you, you get to, or you have to watch this guy just sort of age takes over you know like and it's kind of depressing actually <laughs> when you're when you're watching it because he has this amazing you know gets the climax of the movie and i guess we'll get to that later is the, the i guess the seventh no hitter you know but then they they cut away from that but there's this you, then you just see this guy just he just isn't what he was literally two years ago and mm-hmm. but you know that's it he had an amazing run for a baseball player i mean what yeah. was he 33 in 1980 i mean that's when when you guys were born right i mean <laughs> yeah that's when a lot of athletes are start thinking about hanging it up and uh and then he ends up going for what another 16 years it's it's incredible so the longevity of it is amazing and it was that part of it was just amazing to watch but also just the depressing uh you know the guy is like he's just his body betrays him, and then that's the end of your career. It just kind of sputters out, unfortunately. And that's the non-Hollywood aspect of this whole whole story, right? You know, but mm-hmm. yeah. but I, I'm glad they included it because you know it's just part of life. <laughs> it's real, yeah. yeah, for sure. It's very real. <laughs> yeah, they 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 could have uh, ended it with. The, the no hitter in 91. Yeah. Um, but they end it with him walking off the mound because he tore a ligament in his elbow. He felt it. He said, I'm done. And he walked off the field. And unless I'm mistaken, that was his last 
start uh his, his that, last that was it that was it. Yeah, yeah that that was it that seattle game like he he never pitched again he threw his last pitch at the kingdom so yeah it's a good point it's a good point jd it was uh it was the non-hollywood ending that they selected and that's the way <laughs> well, to do it i mean uh, yeah i guess i guess i'm just saying they showed they showed it sputter out rather than yeah but it was you know then he gets inducted into the yeah. Hall of Fame, and everybody. Yeah, happy. that's true, and and they do come back around to the no hitter, and that's what I want to ask you about after the break because ninety three is when his career ended, um, but they cut away from the no hitter to go to that, and then they came back. So I want to hear your opinion on if that was a good technique. We'll get to uh, an addition of you're out right after the break here on No Buts. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Back in the studio, the classic factory, as we call it, here on No Bunts. And I mentioned the studio because we're talking about the Hollywood ending here on Facing Noel in the Dock that we watched. Production in this business, it ain't all glamorous. To give you a behind the scenes, JD just spilled a coffee uh, literally on the cutout. Yeah. Of uh, We have a random cutout here in the studio. It's of Survivor host Jeff Probst. And uh, it's it's a prized possession here in the studio. And, and JD's just... trying to show a shot here on YouTube. Yeah, there's the coffee stain on him. Oh. That's reality. That's reality. This is going to kill me. <laughs> no, Survivor isn't all pretty. You're right, actually. That's exactly right. He should have more stuff on him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Spill some stuff. Put him in the mud like he puts contestants in the mud. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, getting back to the mud of this film, this, this doc, Facing Nolan. Well, there was a lot of uh, yeah, grinded out, uh, tough as nails. That that Texan, tough Texan attitude that he's had all his life. Was the doc what you expected, JD? Uh, I mean, yeah, going into it, I was like, I expected. I kn- here's what I knew about Nolan Ryan going in. Uh, he had an incredibly long run as a baseball player. And he was from Texas. So I was expecting a meat and potatoes, straight ahead, straight shooting duck. And that's exactly what I got. I mean, there is nothing groundbreaking here, really. I mean, uh, I don't think that they, you know, when the when the credits flashed at the end and I saw, you know, the Nolan Ryan was involved with the production, I was like, okay. That makes sense. I mean, not that there's any sort of skeletons I wanted dug out of the closet or anything like that, but I didn't find it particularly dramatic. 
if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was more of like, oh, this happened. And, you know, it's more of a a dreamy-eyed look back at uh, a guy that everybody seems to like, you know. Um, There wasn't a lot of uh, uh, conflict. They didn't, I mean, they, they, they focused... They 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 showed that he had bad records, like the most walks and you know most hit pitch <laughs> pitches and their uh, most hit hitters. Uh, but I, I felt that was kind of glossed over, and I thought there could have been a little more drama for key moments. Uh, you know, like no hitters and stuff. They showed like pop ups and stuff and guys, you know, saving the no hitters. But I thought there could have been a little bit more drama. Like mm-hmm. getting to the point of no hitters or getting to the point of the World Series. And it was just more of a, I think it might have been the music choices as well. Like it was just sort of like glossy, nice, right, lifted right out of uh, Friday Night Lights, you know, emotional, you know. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, we're looking at a, a guy, an old guy looking back at his career and, you know, the highlights of it. And that's fine. I mean, I enjoyed it. But what, is it what I expected? A hundred percent, yes, that's what I expected. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it is interesting. The they could have, I guess, again, like we said, cut cut out chunks uh, of his career to build up some more of the drama within the no hitter. I wonder if a lack of footage, even within those yeah. games, um, played a part to some degree. You forget about blackouts. You know, you forget about how. I guess they don't do that. Do they do that still? Like. The only cameras there were for Canadian television and probably Mexico television. For that, for that Jay's no hitter. For that Jay's no hitter. I mean, in '91. I mean, Tess, we shot a game, a Blue Jays game, because that game was not being televised. You know, Mm -hmm. it was the third game of the season, and uh, our university went in and shot the game. I did center field camera, and you uh, you called the game, didn't you? Yeah, it was part of the the game. The crew calling the game, right? But the fans that was a Jays that was literally a Jays game right. in two thousand three, four, five. But yeah, yeah. So, but who were they playing? It wasn't a memorable game. JD. It was like the Twins or something. So the <laughs> Minnesota fans wouldn't have seen that game. They would have had to listen to the radio, and that's like, yeah, that can't happen anymore. It just but, doesn't happen. Yeah, and and to compound that, that was nearly twenty years ago when we were in college, and. That's another 10, 15 years of about the the footage that we're talking about here prior totally. to that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So that probably played a part. And they're not the it's MLB is not like the NFL where they have literal film cameras shooting everything on top of the broadcast of the game. So, you know, I think there was a footage problem for sure. Um, but I thought it was it was fine. It was fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it was a lot of the that camera that. You grabbed and we're filming at Roger Center at the Sky Dome. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't call it Roger Center. <laughs> Wait, uh, is that Roger Center? What is I it? I mean, sh- I shouldn't call it Roger Center. For us diehards, it's the Sky Dome and forever, the sky will dome? forever yeah, be yeah. the Sky Dome, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, that camera that you grabbed in center field there, a lot of the footage that we saw was the center field standard yeah. standard cam. That's mm-hmm. Those were the cameras in the 80s when Nolan Ryan was doing his work. Let's be positive. What was something you really liked about facing Nolan? Uh, I loved uh, Ruth Ryan. I thought she was uh, the heart and soul of the doc. Absolutely. Um, he is a very stoic figure, uh, which I liked. He's a cool, definitely a cool cucumber. He's a, 
um, just what you would expect out of a tall Texas rancher. Um, so having Ruth there, uh, I loved, and I love seeing him with his family, you know, his, the grandkids and yeah. how tight they were. And I think that sort of, that was the point they were trying to make. Like this guy is a family guy. He's a Texas guy. And, uh, that's one of the reasons he couldn't he didn't want to be in a place like New York and his decision to stay in Texas after leaving the Astros. Um, so I love that part of it. I was like, I got a little misty eyed going, I hope I, I hope my family's like that, you know, down the road. It's not that far away, to be honest. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I just uh, I appreciated this sort of the look back uh, kind of retirement video or just like a, it's a tribute to the man, which I liked. And I like seeing the old timers. And I was like, hey, I know more of these guys than I thought. I Like Dave Winfield is there, there and I'm like, oh, I said. I know that guy. Blue Jays legend. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean that that I liked things, those things about. It. I like the tone of it, um, but there's tons of things I didn't like about it. Like, you know, that they, they made. Like I said, I didn't like the music. I didn't like when they showed him moving to California from New York. They played Harry Nilsson. Everybody's talking about. And like that's from Midnight Cowboy, and that's about a guy moving to New York, so it doesn't make any sense. Mm. Um, so there's that, and I, my biggest criticism of this movie is that there, are the needle drops. There's one needle drop. It's that one, and it's completely wrong for the song for the moment. Like he's moving to California, he's not moving to New York. A B. It's also about a male prostitute, so I don't know if that really fits for for uh, Nolan Ryan. But anyways, uh, but he, this guy lived. He started in '69, and we see his life before that. I mean, all of the eras that he he lived through. I would have just liked to get a little bit of flavor of each era as we as he progressed yeah. down yeah. through the years. Yeah. You know, like all of the '70s and all of the '80s. And most of the 90s, like, it would have been cool to, you know, there's a lot of uh, room to just drop music and uh, scenery and, you know, there's all sorts of stock footage of, you know, those cities at that time. And it's also, you kind of get a little bit of a flavor because there's, there's what, like, <laughs> three presidents in this movie? You got... You got George Sr. is makes an appearance. You got George Jr. and you got Bill Clinton. Was Clinton in it, or is that another mm. doc that I'm thinking of? I watched a bunch of docs. I just watched a, doc, a Waco uh, doc. Um, I is thought Clinton did, did Nolan Ryan just shake Clinton's hand? Yeah, he wasn't. I mean, there was no Clinton testimony. He wasn't. No, no, no. But it. I just, it's like I found myself going, "Oh, it was George." Because there's that hit, that the the no hitter. You got you got George Jr. is in I've seen in the stands with Laura. Yeah, George. But he wasn't president at the time, was he? George no. W. No. George W. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, he was not. He was a part owner. Right. Uh, of of the of team. Of the Rangers. Of the Rangers. Right. Yeah. I've. Uh, yeah. So yes, there's. The guy played a long time. You're right. There's a there's a lot that could have been depicted from each city. There's there's that's totally that's totally fair. And just what's happening in the culture at the moment. I mean, the guy start he thought 
His wife thought he was going to be drafted. When he came home and said, hey, I just got drafted, she thought she, he was talking about Vietnam. Vietnam, like in the middle of the war, not the end of the war. Like, so he saw the end of the <laughs> the Vietnam War. He saw all of, everything that happened over 27 years. And I, I think, you know, I guess we got this sort of baseball. We got to see the hideous... Astros uniforms, we got to see it, it evolve in that sense. But culturally, I think I would have liked to see just all the things that he lived through throughout his baseball career. J.D. Nolan Ryan just wanted to make a damn doc about baseball. <laughs> he didn't want to show you the glitz and glamour of Los Angeles. It's and history, Anaheim. though. It's history. Yeah, yeah no, you're right. I don't know. Yeah, no. you're a historian. and uh, I enjoy history, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, just to clarify, he started in 66. I don't want anyone okay. to get mad. But he won in 69, I think, was his World Series win with the Mets. So that's the the one that stands out. Right. Um, Ruth Ryan, yeah, thought that he was being drafted to the war, as you said. He was drafted in the 12th round. Uh, 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 yes, a, a, it's storybook, uh, as Joel uh, put earlier. Yeah, Ruth Ryan thought that he could be quitting baseball. We didn't get a lot about that. It was just um, really, really quickly touched on. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's there's that part of it as well. I did love the family in general, um, maybe because I'm a child. I, I loved his grandkids imitating <laughs> yeah, Nolan yeah. Ryan because uh, Nolan Ryan did endorse a lot of products. Advil was a big one. Uh, and so the, his, his grandkids just mimicked him in his ads. And yeah, straight to the point. And- even looking back now, he's 76 now. So he filmed this doc when he was, you know, 74, 75. Looked damn good. Oh, yeah. I would not consider him. Didn't even think that he'd be in his mid 70s. I mean, I'm just, that's just me being dumb because he was 47, 30 years ago or right. whatever. But uh, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, shocking. Uh, he's, he's held it all together. Um, anything else, JD, that you want to talk about as far as. Some of the the tie-ins. I think the Sandy Koufax one, to me, mm-hmm. was another one that they skimmed over. That was his favorite pitcher yeah. growing up. He took Ruth for their second date to see Sandy Koufax, and he, and he broke his no-hitter record uh, later on in his career. Koufax still second uh, with four. Was that something they skimmed over, or did you not, did you not care about that at all? Uh, skimmed over is a little harsh. Yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. It is a little harsh. Because I mentioned many things. They they, they mentioned it. Uh, and there's definitely a connection. And, you know, I mean, I think the problem there with that storyline is just how far he surpassed Sandy Koufax, right? I mean, what he had four no-hitters. Uh, Nolan ended up with seven. I mean, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Like, he almost doubled that particular record. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he he meets his hero and then completely surpasses him. It feels like, anyways. Um, Did he meet him in the- – I don't – actually, that was, I came out of my mouth and I'm like, I don't, oh. I don't even know. I mean, he was at the ballpark, I guess, but – Joel, do you remember? Have. I don't think so. I don't – I don't remember that. I don't being. remember them, yeah, talking about meeting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, anyways. Yeah. Anyways. Never meet your heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It. It. Uh, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. It was mentioned again. I mentioned a few things. Yeah. He was his idol. 
second date <laughs> with yeah. Ruth to go see him at the ballpark, broke his no-hitter record, and his strikeout record, his single-season strikeout record. I do want to mention this because it's a great story. In 73, in his final start of the season, Nolan Ryan needed 16 Ks to break Koufax's single-season record. He tied him in the eighth inning and was still tied through the ninth inning, but the game went to extras, and Nolan Ryan, well, he stayed in. He struck out his 383rd hitter in the 11th, 388th hitter of the season in the 11th inning because he pitched an 11-game, I'm sorry, an 11-inning complete game because that's what he used wow. to do. Uh, so that's that's a that's a pretty neat story. So he broke Koufax's single-season strikeout record. Another record which is unlikely to be broken. Uh, that's that's another one that you can throw in there. So there was a lot to get to. And I, yeah. I know as a through line here is, I wanted more about New York. I wanted more about <laughs> uh, this era. I wanted more about this era. I think the production critiques are totally fair. Uh, what's your, what are your thoughts on the use of the narrator? Uh, I did not. I didn't mind them having a narrator. I just hated that narrator. Like this sort of, I know what they're going for. The down home, evuncular sort of country guy, just telling the story of an old, of an old country bumpkin kind of thing. And I don't think, uh, I don't think it worked. I think it made it made whenever he was talking, I was like, this is cringe. This is kind of corny. I felt like I was watching an old episode of Dukes of Hazard or something. Uh, I just feel like it it missed the mark in that sense. Um, nothing against the guy. I've, I've heard that guy's voice work before, and he's fine, and he did what he was asked to do, but I just I don't think it was the set the right tone. It just took me out of it a bit. Um, but having a narrator, you know, it's a bit of a crutch in a documentary, but at the at the same time, I don't know. And then, and then he goes away for a while. Until, he was gone for a long time. Until the cutaway. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, right. Yeah. We're. <laughs> Which the cutaway, I hated. Yes. Hated the cutaway. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So we're in 91. Nolan Ryan winds up mm-hmm. to, th- to, to throw one by Roberto Alomar to complete his seventh no hitter. <laughs> they, they 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 roll back the tape, right? The classic, right? Um, was it a fast forward of the tape or a roll back? I guess I think it was, it was a it was a fast forward because we jump ahead yes. two years. Technically, to... it's definitely a fast forward, but you don't. I guess, I guess yeah, no, it's totally that technique. It's I was, sa- it's, yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're fast forwarding the tape to a couple years later in '93 when it was all said and done for Nolan Ryan when he walks off the hill, right? And I guess the idea is they didn't want to finish his baseball career with that in the dock. They didn't want to finish with him walking off the hill injured. So they show that, and then they come back to the 91 no-hitters when they finish the baseball portion of his career. And then there's the whole Hall of Fame, more family stuff after that. But you hated it, J.D. I hated it. There was no reason to do that. There was no reason to show him limping to the end of his career, if yet ask me i mean that's a it's a heroic ending there with the no hitter i mean we talked about it uh it was real i guess but you could have also just you could have it was just a cheap ploy i thought and also by the time it comes back i'm i'm kind of done the movie's done you know what i mean like it's but but you didn't you okay 
forget what the cutaway. You didn't like the fact that they ended with Nolan Ryan not being able to pitch anymore, or or including that. You didn't think that they needed. I don't to know. Include... Do you need it? Do you need it? I guess. I guess. Mm. You could have still showed the heroics of the no hitter, and then still two years later, yeah, 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 yeah. this is the end of his career. But then the final, and then that's the climax of the movie is the the that final no hitter. Two years later, he's injured. And his career is over. That's sad. And then you end with the Hall of Fame induction, which was what they did basically. And then at the, so what they did is they just took the the end of the no hitter, and tacked it on to the end of the Hall of Fame Hall of Fame induction. But the movie's already over by then. It was yeah. like, I I didn't even realize they had cut back to it. To be honest, like it was just like I kind of forgot about it at that point. And then it was just like, oh okay, we went back. You didn't think we weren't going to show you the end of it. I'm like, well, now I don't care. So yeah. that's that, yeah, that's literally what the narrator says. Yeah, yeah. So it was sequential, and then yeah, the the flash forward, flashback. Nolan Ryan's in the hall, and I did like him walking up to his plaque. He was pretty excited about yeah. that. As excited as Nolan Ryan can possibly be. And you see the family taking selfies around the the uh, the plaque yeah, it's the, a great ending i mean it's like an epilogue to this storied career like that's a perfect ending i don't know why you would do that it's like it feels like it's a trick and it's a it's a cheap trick it just doesn't make any sense and doesn't make the film better at all it makes it worse i'm with you with the the, the, the timeline cutting chopping up i don't mind at all that they showed him in 93 with his elbow hanging off that's Nolan Ryan. I don't mind it either. I guess I don't. I'm saying I don't mind it either. I just don't understand the cutaway. Like, I guess that's for the hardcore baseball fans. It's like, we're going to tease you with this no hitter. And we're not going to see that final pitch until the end of the movie. It's just like, why? It, mm-hmm. it makes no sense to me. All right. Let's get to uh, wrapping this up here. Joel, we'll start with you. Would you recommend this doc to people? I would recommend it to like legitimate baseball fans, like such as myself, but just like a casual fan or just a general sports enthusiast, probably not. No. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I would, I, I, I would to either, I think, cause I was watching with Danielle. So she's my, uh, uh, my focus group and, <laughs> and there was enough human interest part, even though she's not a huge baseball fan, there, there's enough human interest to, to pull her in. So and it was and it was told again. Most of it was sequential, like your your point to point to point to point. So easy to follow. Uh, Yeah, something you can throw on. Uh, What do you think, JD? Yeah, I read one review that basically said uh, there are worse ways to spend a hundred minutes of your time. (laughs) So uh, I subscribed to that. It wasn't intolerable. It was uh, I was engaged. Um, and uh, Tess, you uh, you said, "Hey, that's going to be a you can be a pretty passive watch," and that's exactly how I did it. I was folding laundry at one point. I was uh, I washed it in th- uh, three chunks just because I had stuff to do. Um, but uh, I was engaged the whole time I was watching it. Um, uh, I am uh, I would count myself a fan of Nolan Ryan now, and I. I, I wouldn't have been able to say that beforehand. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a nice little bit of baseball history, if not history history. But uh, uh, I felt I felt smarter coming out of it, and that's what you want to do 
uh, when that's what you want to achieve when you're uh, making a documentary film. So I would recommend it uh, to anybody, especially baseball fans. Um, and if I was to give it a rating, I would rate it a 6.5. That was my next question. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> Joel, what would your rating be? I'm going to go with JD. 6.5 is is perfect. It's it's good. It's not great. It's engaging. It 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 is what it is. Um I like I like to me the gold standard in, in sports documentaries the last dance. Obviously there was a lot more into that but the production was excellent the interviews so that's kind of like my my measuring stick so when i compare this to that i'm like yeah like six and a half it sounds about right yeah give me a seven i'm I'm totally with you guys um passable enjoyable followed from front to back and uh i definitely learned a lot and yeah nothing revolutionary as you said jd but yeah, an enjoyable watch. Um, so let's get to uh, our, our standard segment here on No Bunts that we wrap up with. It's called You're Out. We'll, we'll take a quick break and another version of You're Out focused on something very random regarding Nolan Ryan. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort, but it's possible to have it both ways. I'm all set for summer thanks to Mack Weldon. The Vesper polo shirt is so breathable you can wear it on the golf course, but it looks classy enough to wear to a party. The Maverick Tech Chino short is ultra flexible, and the Pima Crew Neck T-shirt is perfect for those casual weekends. There's no need to be uncomfortable in your clothing ever again. Some guys just want to look good without calling attention to themselves. Mack Weldon Apparel gives you understated good looks for understated confidence. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. Crazy comfortable but elevated sweatpants. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. An ultra-soft antimicrobial tee for when you need to stay fresh longer. That's the Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code MLBSHOW. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code MLB Show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to eliminate one of the three options in this weekly segment of ours. This week, they're all Nolan Ryan products because he had a lot of endorsements. These are branded products with Nolan Ryan's name written all over them. A lot of his products were cattle related, a lot of beef products. Mm-hmm. After doing some research, Advil was a big one. 
you know, he's just battling through uh, the, the the rigors of MLB seasons. But he had a, he had a, a real passion for cattle and ranching, but he also had a passion for seasoning said beef. So <laughs> one of these Nolan Ryan signature seasoning products has to go. He's got seasoning products. <laughs> so we kept it we kept it uniform here. He's got three products. They're all seasonings. What are you getting rid of? The Nolan Ryan Signature BBQ seasoning, the Nolan Ryan Signature steak seasoning, or the Nolan Ryan Signature fajita seasoning? What, what are you tossing? Let's go to you, Joel. I know you're a big foodie. Which one do we <laughs> got to get rid of? I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to get rid of the steak one. Um, just because I feel, I, I feel this is always the classic answer. If it's a good piece of steak, you don't need to put anything on it. So I'm going to go, I'm going to get rid of the, the steak one. Cause I mean, I like, I like the fajita and I like the, the barbecue flavors. So yeah, steaks out for me. Mm. Yeah, I'm going steak too. Um, it's, uh, it looks to me like it's just salt and pepper anyway. You know what I mean? Interesting, interesting. You say that. I, I, I definitely, I googled what the heck is in a steak <laughs> seasoning. A lot of the times, it can be oregano, garlic. Okay. More than just steak and salt, it can be paprika. I guess it, it depends on the right on the seasoning. I, I couldn't get the info on Nolan Ryan's in particular, <laughs> um, but I'm with you. And this is probably the least exciting edition of your route in the history of no bunts, <laughs> the young, young history of no bunts, but I got to go with steak as well. Yeah. Get out of here. Steak. It, there's enough. There's, there's salt and there's pepper and that's all that needs to be done. Exactly. Um, but I, I, I'm with you on a good fajita seasoning. Joel must keep sometimes, I mean, that can make or break a, a good that's too strong it's too strong to say that can make a break a good fajita but uh, i went into what's in a good fajita powder a good fajita seasoning mm-hmm. there's more chili powder you know a little spice probably right there's some cumin and then again more more of the same paprika garlic powder onion powder cayenne powder so yeah. a bunch of those so that's got to stay that's a hundred percent got to stay hundred percent why are you keeping the barbecue mm-hmm. seasoning joel just just feels right just feels right you know i it's just it's it's more it's not like why am i keeping barbecue it's just i don't know steak needs to go if you go on amazon they list all the ingredients too for each seasoning but all of those three seasonings are currently unavailable on yeah. amazon so uh we got to get to the bottom of it they're selling well joel they're selling well. I did. The doc is um, Nolan Ryan, the resurgence. That's what it is. Yes. I, yeah. wa- I watched some YouTube video reviews of, of these products just to, to do my homework. And yes, it's a, it's a nice, they're all nice blends apparently and, and, and nice additions to any piece of meat. Uh, but I agree with you all. It's a f- offensive to seasoned beef in that way yeah. there's 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 absolutely no need but nolan ryan has come a long way as the doc showed us his first contract was a mere seven thousand dollars and he had to have a job his first off season after winning the championship he was installing central heating and air conditioning back in the day and then the first to make a million dollars i didn't know about that either joel as part of the documentary mm-hmm. so a fun ride thanks for taking this ride with us as we watched 
facing Nolan all together. It was fun. We will be back uh, next week, Joel. On No Buns, catch us on the Athletic Baseball Show feed weekly on Wednesdays. You can get us on YouTube as well. But until then, we'll see you next time.